Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the All About the Charles podcast. Thank you very much for joining in and tuning in for another episode. This is going to be a bit of a late one. I was actually sick last week, and I was not able to give my analysis and my perspective on the Japanese Grand Prix. So this is going to be a bit of a late one. I'm kind of late to giving my analysis, but I just kind of lost my voice and really didn't want to do, I didn't really want to record any new episodes. I know that at this point we are in the Qatar Grand Prix at this, yeah, and uh, so many, so many different news, you know, um, Max is now the world champion. So if you're a Red Bull fan, congrats for you. Obviously, McLaren's ascension, the rise, and just the amazing performance they've had in the last race Jap- in the Japanese Grand Prix and kind of like the promise that they seem to keep having and will probably continue to have in the foreseeable races. Now that we're kind of like ending, we're going into the last few races of the season, I still think that, you know, I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but I still think that there might be a few tracks left that will definitely play more into McLaren's hand, into their setup, maybe getting them better performances than, you know, both Ferrari and Mercedes. So definitely a lot to discuss, definitely a lot to just talk about. But for the time being, I'll just give my own analysis on the Japanese Grand Prix. And again, thank you very much for joining in. So I feel the way that I originally phrased my, my own interpretation and my own opinion into the Japanese Grand Prix is really the best way to also start my analysis of the race and of Charles' performance and that of Ferrari and also Carlos, which is, it was a decent race. First of all, I do maybe just want to bring up the point that, you know, considering the last few races that we have of the season from the Japanese Grand Prix, now we're up to the Qatar Grand Prix, then we're going to the U.S. tracks, which is Austin, then Mexico, then Brazil, the Las Vegas GP, which is something that I'm massively looking for, and then finally Abu Dhabi. I think, first of all, just kind of like thinking about the track layout, I think that Ferrari is going to be at a very big disadvantage from now until the end of the season, mainly because none of I, I feel like the only two tracks that will really play into their, into their cars setup and drivability will be the Brazilian GP, and I also feel it will be the Las Vegas GP. And I, I, I say this because, you know, taking into consideration the, Chop- the Japanese Grand Prix, now that it's in Qatar, then thinking about Austin, Abu Dhabi, and even Mexico, these are tracks that, while Ferrari, you know, are not incredibly bad at them, I do have to say that it doesn't really suit the their car necessarily you know the fact that at least from what i've been hearing from charles the understeering the fact that it's the unreliable conditions and the stability of the car the fact that a lot of these tracks are very much wind affected and i think that the biggest weak point of all is just the tire degradation for all of them i think are all really tracks that are playing into the the most difficult and problematic aspects of Ferrari. And so for me, really going into a lot of these races, specifically Japan, Qatar, the next one with Austin, Mexico, and the final one being Abu Dhabi, I'm not really expecting Ferrari to have such great performances. Again, just kind of like going into the the fact that these tracks just really highlight a lot of the problems for Ferrari. 
And I just, I think one of the this main silver linings that I will give Ferrari here is that at the end of the day, with J the Japanese Grand Prix and now with Qatar, it seems that, you know, even though I'm not, I, I would love for them to have a lot, a lot better results, maybe fighting for the podium. I don't really think that's going to be realistic anymore, but at least I think that for the most part, they're still achieving, I would say, again, decent results. And so I feel like, yeah, maybe this is really the best way to describe how I view the performance and my own opinion as to how the Japanese Grand Prix went. So yeah, I think I think for me, the main aspect or I think the the biggest highlight about the Japanese Grand Prix is just the amount of craziness that went into it. Starting with Charles, you know, he basically just was able to really put the car in P4. I think that's the place that he qualified. And ultimately, by the end of the race, that's the position that he ended up having. So I really, again, the track not really suiting Ferrari's setup, their car, taking into consideration that Charles has constantly been describing his difficulty of getting gri into grips with the car, managing the the oversteer, the understeer, especially with the wind, how it, it basically affects them. It affects his drivability so much and that he's not really able to understand the car and basically just kind of like risks it or he doesn't have like a consistent performance in that i wasn't really hoping for a pole position or uh you know one of the main grid start positions but i was again decently surprised that he got p4 and that ultimately he he was able to retain that but yeah just jumping into the race complete mayhem from the very beginning just lap one was not expecting the amount of crash the amount of crashes that we had from Albon to the Alfa Romeo I think that there's two highlight points for me here not not highlighting points but I feel like the two two points that definitely need to be made out is Mercedes I have no idea what was happening there with Hamilton and Russell fighting from the very get-go both of them for Again, just one track positions didn't really make sense to me. And the other really big one is definitely Sergio Perez. As someone who doesn't really like Red Bull, I do have to say that I support Checo more than I do Max. But his, I, I feel like it just needs to be said, you know, I just, there's really no way to say this. I just have to say that I feel like Sergio's driving style right now is incredibly poor. I mean, sure, lap one at the beginning of the Japanese Grand Prix, lap one was not his fault. He got sandwich in the mix Charles didn't have the best start with you know with the medium tires he he was almost passed by Carlos so I was obviously glad that Charles was able to keep p4 in the beginning of the race and I think he had a really good stint even when the safety cars came out you know I think that also Ferrari was able to have like really decent decent pit stops for for both Charles and Carlos throughout the race maintaining them to like three seconds each every time that Carlos and Charles went into the pit stop so Again, really pleased with that performance, really pleased with the fact that Charles was able to maintain P4. I was ultimately sad that Carlos was not able to really pass Russell or Hamilton for a higher position. I definitely feel that he did deserve that. But again, like good game, you know, good strategies or at least copying strategies from Russell and Hamilton in using the DRS train to protect Hamilton from Carlos and ultimately it paid off for them but but still you know i think just thinking about the the race in itself i was i was a bit surprised by the fact that mercedes were fighting against each other not really sure what was happening in that team cooperation didn't seem to be at its best and i think that maybe again i think 
I think that maybe at the end it came a bit more together for them with Russell more or less just accepting to help Hamilton fight off Carlos. I think that there could have been a bit more there, maybe if they have worked a little bit better or if just they didn't really get into the whole fighting situation from the very get-go. But yeah, in, in, I just I was a bit confused by that. It definitely interested me, but not as much as, yeah, Checo's performance. I mean, again... Lab one was not his fault. Obviously, he had to come back into the pits to get a new wing, to get new new tires. And then, again, just kind of like going out into the race. I feel like you can see that he's he was really... I feel like his levels of confidence is really dropping. He was very much a man set on just trying to, like, again, make up places. Try to make up places as much as he can. But as, as he kept going... He almost crashed into Magnuson, and then ultimately, no, he actually did crash into Magnuson, which, which for me was just kind of like the, the immediate moment that I was like, yeah, his style of driving, you know, he knows that he's got an amazing car. He knows that he can maybe pass a lot of other competitors on track, you know, with with the fact that he's driving the the machine, that rocket machine, the Red Bull is. But for me, yeah, his crash with Magnuson was just a completely poor demonstration of his performance right now in Red Bull I mean two I think he tried once to send it you know to send it kind of like in the curb to him to Magnuson didn't really work out and then the second time again completely crashes into him having and just basically he's he causing him to once again pit going for a new front wing new tires but at that point I think even for Red Bull they were more or less thinking that the race was done. He he, It was just kind of better for him to retire the car. And then, yeah, like the whole massive, I'm not even, like, I'm not even going to say problem, but the whole situation or the whole event with him having to once again jump back in the car to serve that five-second penalty so that it wouldn't be transferred into this week's Qatar Grumpy, just, again, a massive, massive amount of confusion with what the hell was going on there. And I think the one point that I that I did get by watching the race and kind of like hearing the common commentators, you know, Will Buxton and I think, yeah, a lot of the other commentators in F1 TV is that one, and yeah, I think this is as much as it hurts me to say, <laughs> I do have to give credit to Red Bull. It is definitely evident that those guys have read the rule book of Formula F1 back you know, from from front to back cover at least three times. I was not aware of the fact that, you know, any driver after they DNF'd or retired from the race could even, you know, there was even a remote possibility that they could even jump back into the car and restart the race, even though I think, you know, when, when Checo came out, I think the graph said like something like six laps, which I think was completely untrue. By that point, I think Checo was out for like, at least 10 laps you know and so for me this is yeah I mean as much as it pains me to say it does show that Red Bull is just that team that really have it figured out or at least that they do they really have done their homework I mean it's kind of obvious with the fact now that Max Verstappen is the world champion you know I mean the the sprint shootout for Qatar is done now so yeah if you're a Red Bull fan congrats for you um I'm not sure if you're going to be listening into this because obviously this is not a Red Bull a Red Bull show, but yeah, congrats to you. But but yeah, I still, I mean, it's just hard to see, you know, it's just hard to see this huge amount of success going into Max's side and the fact that Sergio is just 
kind of there in the sidelines. You know, it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to see. And I think for me, really, that was kind of like the two main highlights or not highlights, but kind of like the two main events, the whole Mercedes fight and then just the huge underperformance and the poor demonstration from Paris that for, for me really were the main facts of the Japanese Grand Prix. And and while, again, while I know that this show is mainly focused on Charles, again, I, I, I don't think there's really much to say other than the fact that I think he, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy that Ferrari was able to put on a decent, strong performance that basically Charles kept his P4 position from qualifying into the race. He had a really good stint on the medium tires um, on the first on the first start, and then a really good stint, you know, on, on the uh, a really good second stint on the medium, and then putting on the hard, just kind of like again keeping his head down. Really good in terms of drivability. I, I think for him it, it was it was really a smooth race, which I think again is a great silver lining or a great result for Ferrari, especially, again, considering the fact that tracks like these, I don't think, or the last few tracks that remain for the season are not really going to play into Ferrari's hand. And for me, at least just to see them have decent results, smooth weekends, just the fact that they can get uh, a good amount of points for the Constructions Championship, for Charles's, you know, his standings in the Drivers' Championship. For me, it's, I think, really the main point and the main highlight and, and just the best highlight from the race is that you know, there was good consistency from Charles. I think the biggest highlight, though, for me from Charles was the amazing move he put on Russell. I don't know if anyone <laughs> has seen this, but if you are if you do follow F1 on Instagram, I know that there was a vote for best overtake overtaking maneuver for the month of September. And I definitely said that, you know, Charles, Charles's move on Russell is definitely has definitely got to be the best overtaking move for the entire month of September. So I really do hope that at least he gets that <laughs> at this point, you know, you got to you got to you got to celebrate the little wins that you get, especially if you're not if you're not Red Bull, you got to celebrate everything cuz <laughs> yeah, unless you're Red Bull, you're that's kind of like what you have left. So yeah, I mean, really really happy for Charles. I'm I think that maybe one of the highlights that I could take away from the Japanese Grand Prix is that maybe Ferrari are getting or at least they're starting to figure out a little bit more in each race kind of like how to manage tire degradation. I feel like they're starting to understand a little bit more the car going into races with a better setup, better understanding of like how they should, you know, set up the car coming into different weekends, even here in Qatar. Again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely be discussing that tomorrow once the race is over. But I mean, yeah, I think that it's just a positive sign to see that even though Ferrari is going into very challenging weekends, very challenging races, they're still pulling through. And I think for me, it's still a win, the fact that, you know, they, they're getting just decent results. I was obviously a bit sad today after watching the fact that he got a five-second penalty for the sprint shootout in Qatar. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I'll, I'll talk more about that tomorrow or after the race. But I think at least for the Japanese Grand Prix, I was very happy that he, he was able to keep fourth position. I think that it goes really well into his points especially considering that in Singapore he also finished P4 even though it was just a few like millimeters away from Max catching up to him but yeah I mean again good consistency over the last few races I think that tomorrow Charles is also starting P5 for the Qatar Grand Prix I'm thinking I'm I'm not I'm not sure but I'm I'm hoping that at least for the last few remaining races he can keep up like the consistency he can keep up that a good amount of drives and just scoring good points for the rest of the remaining races you know i'm really hoping that once we get to brazil 
there there obviously seems to be a lot of benefit when it when tracks seem to be a bit smaller and so i think that's that's why i'm thinking like maybe brazil is going to be a more playing field similar to singapore for every single team and the same thing with las vegas you know there there aren't really any like high speed corners i think las vegas is also in a similar way close to singapore so i'm thinking maybe there is another chance to get some really amazing results if they can get a win that would be amazing i think it's extremely hard now considering that and i think this brings me to another point is that mclaren like mclaren's performance is just also mind-blowing the fact that piastri is getting amazing amazing results i think it's just mind-blowing it's completely it's even irritating <laughs> the fact that now how mclaren have been able to like really fix their car and increase their performance on the race i think the fact that today the fact that yeah like piastri just won his first race in f1 before lando norris has won anything for this the, the, the mclaren team he's been driving for years speaks volumes to the amount of talent that he has to the to this to his style to his ability as a driver to really keep calm and deliver great results so yeah i mean as much as i'm i'm not a mclaren fan i am surprised by that i do have to applaud their efforts same to lando i think lando's obviously in on the heels to like really get that win you know i think it's I think for McLaren, they have a really good feeling right now that there's a possibility that if they get it right on a weekend, there you know there just might be a chance for a win, you know, a chance for Lando to finally get that win for McLaren, which I really do want for him, you know, even though he, I'm not his fan, that's my little brother. Um, I, I really do hope that Lando is able to get that, but yeah, no denying that right now McLaren are pulling are pulling up. They're really, yeah, I feel like they're. Their performance is just completely amazing. And tomorrow, even though I think it's going to be a little bit more complicated, starting from further back positions in the grid for the Qatar Grand Prix, I still feel like, you know, there's they still have a few tracks left, as I mentioned, maybe Mexico, maybe Austin, maybe Abu Dhabi, where, yeah, I mean, they could probably pull, you know, they could probably put up a challenge to the Red Bull. And, and yeah, I mean, if they can get a win, again, Great for McLaren, not really my team, but just again, congratulating them on such an amazing performance. And yeah, I mean, again, I think that it's the Japanese Grand Prix was just one incredible surprise, both in like crashes, don't even get me started on the F1 stewards. I almost wanted to really kill them if they would have given Charles a five second penalty over the move he did on Russell, I would have completely lost it. But again, overall, just a really surprising race. And I was just, again, very happy that it was a, a decent result, a decent strong result for for Ferrari and for Charles. So yeah, again, my, my final thoughts on the Japanese Grand Prix, an incredible surprise, a decent, a decent performance by Charles and by Ferrari. And I think just, you know, my my thoughts going into the remaining of the season is that I really hope that Ferrari can still put up some decent performances and either are, are able to fight Mercedes in the constructors for P2 or at least if not are able to keep P3 from McLaren who are stacking up points like crazy. Again, I'm really hoping that maybe they can bring some magic on Brazil and, and on Las Vegas. I definitely think that they need that. I'm thinking that maybe they're going to bring one more upgrade to the car for this season. I know that they're really extremely focused on 
2024 scar. So obviously, <laughs> here's hoping, fingers crossed that they can actually deliver on that. But yeah, ultimately, I'm just really hoping here that Ferrari can just give some strong, decent performances to this last few races and either keep that position or not lose it to McLaren. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge until the end. And I'm hoping that tomorrow also Charles can just keep the position for the Qatar Grand Prix or that either that he's able to move a few places. His pace looked good for today. Obviously, he the tire degradation is going to be a huge factor here. But again, here's hoping for the best. And yeah, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the All About the Charles podcast. As always, feel free to leave any comments, suggestions, or just your own opinions down in the section below. Thank you, guys, and catch you on tomorrow's episode for the Qatar Grand Prix. And as always, keep being amazing fans. Yeah.